I've always been in the mindset, like my job is to get her to not need me. And she needs to be a capable kid that can go to college. I mean, she's going to go and she needs to be able to live on her own and she needs to be able to pay her insurance bill and go to the doctor and do all these things eventually. So she's going to have to be exposed to bad choices and decide the right choice. And if I don't start letting her have some of that experience, she's not going to be successful eventually. You know, she can't, she can't live in like a, a hidden room. Hi, and welcome to What's Best for Kids, the podcast that digs deep into what educators wish parents knew about education and what parents wish educators knew about parenting. I'm your host, Rob Copo. I'm the parent of two kids who went to public school, and I've been in public education for more than 25 years as a teacher, coach, and administrator. I'm currently the principal of Torrey Pines High School in San Diego, California, and every day I ask myself, what's best for kids? On today's show, we're going to get a parent's perspective about what it's like to navigate the increasingly turbulent waters of parenting during the teenage years. With me to offer her thoughts is Tracy Akers, a parent volunteer at Torrey Pines High School. Tracy, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm excited. So before we get started, why don't you give us just a little bit of background about yourself and what your connection to Torrey Pines is? Okay. Well, I um, grew up in San Diego. I went to Poway, so I've been um, a competitor against Torrey Pines for a long time. Well, I didn't go to Poway. I went to Mount Carmel, but still competitor against Torrey Pines. So I'm from Poway and um, I was a school counselor and an elementary school teacher and then moved here right before we had our daughter who's graduating this year. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. And um now I'm a member of the foundation and because I was a school counselor and I was a teacher, I just love school systems. I love kids and I love everything about being on a school campus. So I thought being on the foundation um, would be a great way to be involved in the school community and really help teachers because I appreciate what they do. So um, I'm in charge of connections. So parent connections, student connections and teacher connections. And I love doing it. And we're going to talk a little bit about the foundation because, uh, some people may not understand how those work and how they support the school and all that, but you've kind of touched on it a little bit. So I'm going to dig into that. So what, yeah. you know, you were a counselor, so you were connected to education, mm -hmm. uh, but what really kind of motivated you to want to get involved at, at this level? Because the foundation is a big deal on our campus and does a lot and mm -hmm. you're putting in a lot of volunteer hours. So thank you very much for that. You're welcome. Um, but what sort of inspired you to want to do that rather than just say, you know what, you guys go do your thing. Well, I'm probably a weirdo. <laughs> That's number one. I love um, kids. And so I always like to be involved with kids. And so when I look at my, I wasn't working and I had all this time on my hands and I know that there's not enough support in schools. So when Olivia started school here, I was like, I wonder how I can be involved. I know I don't want to be pushy in. I don't want to interrupt her learning or be right. like a smother mother. I wanted to, you know, find out how I can just support staff. And so I, I think it was Nestle I met at um, a parent event and I was like, how can I help? I really want to be involved. I want to just support in any way I can. Um, and I just want kids to develop and be amazing. And so it's just as much support as we can give. It's something that I, I knew I wanted to do. I always dreamed of like working until my kids kind of went to middle school and then taking a break for middle and high school because I feel like that's when kids need the most support. And I think a lot of parents and the community feel like that's when we should back off. And I don't agree with that. Like they're not probably going to die in elementary school or as preschoolers or as a baby. They're going to be taken care of and people are going to love them. But when they get to high school, people kind of back off. And I feel like that's when they really need those connections with adults that care about them in their community. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I've, uh, I've seen those sort of two camps. Like I'm going to be the parent volunteer. I'll be the, mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the room parent all the way through. And then at middle school, I'm still going to be on the PTA. And then once you get to high school, right. I'm not even going to slow the car down before I kind of kick you out of kick the door. Out of the and, car. Then I, right. mm -hmm. and then you've got the reverse. Um, sometimes where it's, I'm going to get in high school and I'm going to micromanage everything you're doing and trying to find that balance is sometimes yes. tricky. Yeah. So that you've kind of predicted my, my next question. So you're, and, uh, I'm going to thank you again, cause you're the first really, uh, um, I don't want to say this it sounds terrible to say just parent. I don't mm -hmm. mean to make that sound like it's a bad thing, but you know, uh, most of the guests on the podcast have been 
more connected to education, right. particularly Tory. And one of the the points of this podcast was to try to get this conversation going that you and I are having, mm -hmm. um, parent to administrator, because I don't think a lot of parents get that access to a school, don't know what's going mm -hmm. on, have an image of what a high school is like mm -hmm. from when they were in school. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I both know it's very, very different because you've also been behind the scenes. So we're going to we're going to dig into that. But anyway, um, I really want to get your honest insights of mm -hmm. what it's been like being a parent navigating this, particularly in 2003, now that we're for lack of a better term, back to normal. Mm -hmm. um, we're not in the pandemic years. We may bring that up as well. But what did you expect high school to be like for your kids? And then what was it really like once you got here? Yeah, it's funny because I probably pictured it to be like what I had at Mount Carmel. Yeah. You know, go Sun music. Devils. Yeah, totally. Go Sun Devils. <laughs> and like I pictured dating and all these things. I think that from the community, there I felt like a lot of people had a fear of Tory Pines, at least at our elementary school. I would say my daughter was someone that was an outlier that chose Tory Pines. She didn't have a lot of friends mm -hmm. that they all ended up going to CCA. So I was really scared, like drugs and parties and whatever. It was right. going to be crazy. But I was like, Olivia's like, I can do this. I can take care of myself. I, I've been around kids that cause problems. I'm going to be fine. And I know she's really strong. So I was like, it's going to be great. And I wanted it to be like a normal high school experience, which I feel like that is what I, we've gotten. She hit, there hasn't been a party problem. There hasn't been drama. It's been, those things all exceeded our, my like scary expectations for yeah. high school. Um, and then the stress I think was the other thing I expected like there to be a lot of stress, which I think that's probably met us 50%. Like there has been mm -hmm. more, but all those things I thought were going to happen, like drugs, smoking, vaping, blah, blah, blah. None of that has really happened. Um, well, that's good. And hear. I expected it to be amazing yeah. because I have a lot of faith in our education system. And I know that we have so many great kids that have come here that I've met in the past. So I didn't have any fears about teachers, maybe of her being like immature and maybe getting lost, but nothing like happened like that. That's that's great to hear because it is a large, challenging side. I think the pressure you talk about is, is real. Mm -hmm. And um we're going to talk a little bit at the end of the podcast about that too, about some advice for incoming parents. Cause every time we do our eighth grade welcome night, mm -hmm. the tension in that room is palpable. And I very much remember dropping my kids off of their first day of high school and what that felt like. And I had been in education for, you know, mm -hmm. what was it about 20 years at mm -hmm. that point. And it's still, it's, it's that day, that first day of ninth yeah. grade year, and kindergarten are the two yeah. difficult ones. The rest of them are really? it's just another year. College? I'm no, scared. You know, <laughs> it, I, I can tell you that, um, well, it was a little different with my son because he went community college first here locally oh, right, and then right. San Diego State. Um, but, uh, you know, you're, you're not wrong. When he got an apartment his junior year of college and I dropped him off and helped him move in, I cried on the way home. Yeah. And it was a five-minute yeah. drive yeah. from my house. But it still hit me. And my my daughter, yeah, I was uh, that was intense because uh, that was up in Eugene. She's in Oregon. And when I flew back after dropping her off, um, mm -hmm. I remember it's the only time I ever flew first class. It oh. was only an extra 100 bucks. And so my wife surprised me with it and just bought it. So oh, I got to like... So I yeah. got to, you know, watch a movie and, and decompress a little bit. Um, but um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it wasn't as intense. Have there been any bumps along the road? What have been some of the challenges that you I think, faced that maybe um, you didn't face when you were in high school in Mount Carmel back in the day? Yeah. Oh, that I didn't face. Yeah. I think she, she academically is, it's harder for her. She's just a different student than I'm like, yeah. I'm like PTA president kind of mom and the kind of kid that raised my hand in every class and all the teachers knew Hermione me. Granger? No, a little more fun than her, but okay. yes, Hermione Granger, but fun maybe. So that might have, she had a couple times where class was hard, but it was so great because she is very assertive. She's um, good at talking to people and adults. So she went to the teacher and the teacher totally helped her with websites and whatever. And then she went from not a good grade and she ended up getting like a, an A or something. So I think that, and then, you know, the normal stuff that you have with friends, I think, I think she had some challenge with sports a little bit. Mm -hmm. It was hard because she played soccer for so long and then she didn't get to be on varsity until she was a senior. And that was really hard. That was a hard, I probably our hardest challenge was yeah. that. But other than that, it's been great. Well, that's yeah. really good to hear. Cause I mean, 
I want this to be a very open and real conversation. The, the fears about partying and, and vaping and drugs mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing at a school like Torrey Pines is very real. Mm -hmm. Um, the numbers are out there. We know when you've, when you're in a community like this, that has access to more things than you might have in other communities, those can be legitimate challenges. Yeah. And, you know, fortunately we have zero vaping in our bathrooms. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I will say it's not that she hasn't been exposed or seen those things. I really think like we have drilled in and talked about, we have a pretty open relationship and this is like something we talk about a lot and we talk about a lot and we talk about a lot. And so I think she's like, mom, I will not do that. Like yeah. I would not do that. And it, I think that's a really important piece is I think a lot of times people are scared. And so they try to keep their kids from those dangers. And I've always been in the mindset, like my job is to get her to not need me. And she needs to be a capable kid that can go to college. I mean, she's going to go and she needs to be able to live on her own and she needs to be able to pay her insurance bill and go to the doctor and do all these things eventually. So she's going to have to be exposed to bad choices and decide the right choice. And if I don't start letting her have some of that experience, she's not going to be successful eventually. You know, she can't, she can't live in like a, a hidden room right. away from like normality. So and I think you you hit kind of the nail on uh, head there a second is that we talk and talk and talk and talk and talk almost to the point where the kid's getting irritated by it, because I think that is one of the challenges we all have as parents. I know I have. I can mm -hmm. I can tell you that my kids had it um, both better and it was a challenge for them because I would come home with stories. And so they avoided certain things because they had seen it from my perspective yes. of as an, uh, an administrator, especially as an assistant principal, uh, I had seen it all. Mm -hmm. So they'd come and hear it over dinner. So they knew, you know, not to get involved in these things. Mm -hmm. Otherwise dad was going to lose his mind. Mm -hmm. If I had to deal with it at home and at school, I was not gonna be pleased. But I think there is sort of this um, assumption, like it's that weird line. You just brought it up. Yes. How do I, I think you said it really well. I want them to not need me. Yes. What, my job is to make sure they don't need me. And yet at the same time, they need me now. Mm -hmm. So walking that line is difficult and it's, um, you can grab too tight mm -hmm. or you can get too loose. And it, you know, it's the permissive parent versus the, uh, authoritarian yes. and you're looking for authoritative, yes. which is supposed to be that sweet spot, but mm -hmm. that's not an easy place. It's to hard. Live. It's hard. Yeah. And you know, I, she did have one time where she went, it was her first party. A Halloween party. She's like, I'm going to, it was after COVID. She's like, my friends and I are going to go, this friend's driving, you know, we were all very careful about it. They were supposed to be home by a certain time. Well then of course, like who they couldn't find at the party and blah, blah, blah. She ended up, her phone got broke. She ended up calling us on another phone. My husband went and got her and we had this long talk and she, I think it was a really good learning experience for her because mm -hmm. she's like, I don't ever want to be in that position. I don't ever. So then it was like, how do you protect your friends? All these things yeah. we talked about that I think are really big life lessons. She wanted to initiate that conversation because if she didn't like that feeling and like, if you're ever going to go to a party, we'll drive you. We don't care. We'll stay up or another parent. And so that's kind of been what we've done just so that they have a way to get out. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I bet she messed up that night. Not, not nothing like major detrimental, but she felt like it didn't go well. And just being able to talk with her about it and process that I think is important because otherwise you don't learn from those I think things. it's important that yeah. it didn't go well. Yes. Uh, as we know, yeah. we, we learn a lot more from a loss than a success usually. Yes. And having that, for lack of a better term, negative experience in, right. in high school or having it go south and go weird um, is good because now she's got to figure out how to navigate that. So that was what I was going to ask before too is, so you said she hasn't had challenges with the parties and all of that. And I'm saying, well, that exists here. Yes. So somehow she's navigated that. Have you, do you know how, That's, do you know, like. Yeah, good she has great friends. Mm -hmm. Friends are amazing. They're all really nice. The families are very involved. I know one night they, the friends all wanted to go to a concert at House of Blues. So all the parents got on the phone to each other because we're like, wait, what is this? No, they, they're not 18. You know, yeah. I think you have to have some limits. I think you're saying the exact thing. It has to be middle ground. You can't be too permissive and you, you want to teach them like healthy habits and how to act. So, and she's an athlete. Yeah. And she wants to be successful and she has like drive and ambition. So I think that holds her back. I mean, she's like, mom, that's crazy. I would never do that. Mom, that's no way. Why are you even saying that? You know? So more it's about like, how do you navigate with your friends? How do you help them? And now I have a kid who's going to be a freshman next year. And 
he's very, um, lots of friends, tons of friends. It's going to be really interesting to see how this changes. And he's really smart. But it's like when you're near trouble, you're in trouble. So you need to help your friends and you can't leave someone at a party and you need to make sure if your friend's not doing the right thing, like what can you say to your friend? You need to stand up for people that are, if they're bullying, you need to say something to your friend. So I think they've been getting that lesson since kindergarten, even before that. So I hope that's why I, I'm not sure. Maybe they're just amazingly awesome. No, (laughs) I don't know. Have you, are there any, um, rules or deals or anything you've made with the kids for that kind of thing. Cause we had someone in our house, like, uh, <clears throat> my rule was always, if you find yourself in a tough position, mm-hmm. you've made a bunch of bad decisions. Don't compound it by trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. Call me. Mm-hmm. I will pick you up. There will be no questions asked. We'll talk about it at some point, but I want you home safe and I'll take all your friends home safe. Yes. I'm not going to be pleased. Mm-hmm. So make sure you use this, you know, chip, uh, uh uh, sparingly. Yes. Um, I don't want to do it every weekend, but I also want you home safe and alive and I want your home uh, friends home safe and alive. So have you had any things like that, that you kind of made a deal with them yeah. uh, to help? I think we've always had like a secret code. Like if you need blame anything on me, mm-hmm. say like, Oh, my jerky mom is making me come home right now to clean the bathroom or whatever it is. Yeah. She's mad at me because whatever, I don't care do that. We'll pick you up anywhere. And then the other thing is we have really close friend relationships um, with families that are at the school and in the community. And so it's like, if you can't call me, call this other parent. And they would totally do that. Like they would not be afraid. And I said, if you can't call me, you call our neighbor, this neighbor that we have across the street, they will come and get you anytime they would come and get you. So if you feel uncomfortable telling me something, that's okay you can tell all these other people. And we're, of course, we're going to talk about it. We may be disappointed, but we're going to love you. I mean, that's a constant thing in our house. We're going to love you no matter what, like that's never going to change. So we may be disappointed, but we disappoint you too. And that doesn't mean you don't love me. Like you're mad, disappointed with me, like every two hours. So you, (laughs) it's okay. If we are disappointed in something that happened, that doesn't mean you can't learn from it. And we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that uh, the one you talked about, about blame your jerky parent. I've used that one with kids who get themselves in a conflict here on campus as oh, an assistant mm-hmm. principal. I'd say, look, you know, the, maybe they've been in a fight, for example, they come back from the suspension. And I'll go, look, so now anytime you find yourself in this position, you're going to roll your eyes. You're going to say, I, I have to go meet with Copo as part of my ongoing detention. And you're going to walk away Perfect. from the situation, but yeah. I'm the guy that you're blaming. Mm-hmm. I'll be the bad guy. And it's worked so many times. I'll show up in my office and go, I just need to be here for 15 minutes. Go, I'm like, cool, have a seat. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll see you later. And it got them out of that. That's such a great situation. idea. Yeah. Uh, well, it, yeah. Uh, great minds think alike because yeah. you used it as well. <laughs> so, well, I want to dig in a little bit to uh, uh, our foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that gives you an idea to see uh, kind of a little bit about how the sausage is made. So mm-hmm. we have this uh, foundation here at Tory Pines that raises money to support our programs because what a lot of people I don't think realize about our school and our district is we're one of the lowest funded districts in the state of California mm-hmm. because we happen to be in a generally affluent neighborhood. The assumption is that parents will make up the difference mm-hmm. and fortunately they have. Uh, so our foundation raises a lot of money for specialized programs like Tory Pines is the number one athletic school in the state mm-hmm, of California, mm-hmm. and yet our athletic budget is zero. Crazy. We yes. have, I mean, certainly we pay for staffing and, and facilities, but this next year actually will be the first year I will divert site funds to athletics. Oh, wow. So that's kind that's of exciting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Charlene's going to be happy to actually have somewhat Something. of a budget. Yeah. Uh, whereas when I was at a school like Orange Glen back in the day, um, uh, in a, uh, uh, low to mid income uh, neighborhood, the football team alone had a $20,000 uh, budget when I was there. Yeah. And then I come to Tory and I remember I got athletics and Brett uh, hired me. I'm like, okay, so what's the athletics budget? And he laughed with zero. Zero. Gosh. Parents raise it all. So that's yeah. a little bit of what the foundation does. And then they uh, raise a lot of money for, um, I believe we still call it the education fund, which is going to uh, classes all mm-hmm. over campus mm-hmm. to all students. So, um, so, in your behind the scenes look, what do you think parents should really know about what goes on behind the scenes here in mm-hmm, school? What's why, mm-hmm. because you're connected to the perception out there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, sadly, mm-hmm. you've probably been on next door at some point. But what's the difference between like what people think is going on here and what's really yeah. going on here? I mean, I have an interest, I have a, a unique perspective because I've been in education, yeah, elementary, but still. 
so I understand how schools work. And I think people don't realize how hard it is to be a teacher. I mean, mm -hmm. I could say that a billion times. And if I could have two jobs, I would tell my kid not to be, it would be principal and president. I think that your job is as hard. And I know that may be putting down the president, but <laughs> I think those are very hard, hard, hard jobs. And I think um, people don't realize how many personalities a teacher has to try to help family styles, learning styles. I mean, there's so much that teachers and administration have to help with and people don't realize that they'll think, well, someone's was being mean or that teacher's not nice. And I'm like, you know, you have to, you have to look at both sides of the coin. Like it's a very difficult job. So I, I am very um, protective of educators yeah. because, and there are some that aren't great. I agree with that. And they could be 100%. better always. There's always people that can be better, but I think that's something that I don't think anyone realizes. First of all, the money, the supplies, the time you have to prep. And I always tell people like for an elementary school teacher, you know, teaching an elementary class is like facilitating a meeting every half an hour and having new talk content every half an hour. And in high school, you don't have that, but you have a new group of kids every hour. And imagine all those papers you have to grade and all that you have to enter into a computer. So I think just if my husband had to facilitate a different meeting every hour that, and he had then go home that night and do the same thing the next day, it's a hard job. Now people did sign up for this job, yep. but they just need to understand like we're in a, I like to say like a triangle of support. You have the parents, you have the staff, and then I always add um, the students, right? And parents, teachers aren't going to be successful if they don't have the support of parents. And that doesn't mean like undying support no matter what, but you got to give the teachers a hand for how much they have to do. It's amazing. Yeah, I think a little benefit of the doubt. That's I appreciate you sharing that because a little benefit of the doubt for the teachers, I think, would be helpful because, you know, what I see on the emails uh, very often are the I went to high school, so I know how it should work. And so I want the teacher to behave this way. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, OK, but again, if you've got 38 kids in that class, mm -hmm. just as you're saying, and the teacher did not pick those 38 kids. Right. So this isn't a team, right? you know, that you can decide what the chemistry of that team is going to mm -hmm. be. They've got to figure out how to meet all of the needs of all 38 individuals right. who may have an IEP, <clears throat> may have a 504, mm -hmm. may have uh, mm -hmm. additional um, uh, accommodations, and then are bringing everything from their home life to that classroom, to that moment, and that changes every day. Right. And high school, you, you know, and a lot of parents don't know this, but like in elementary school, those classes are purposely made. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, all the kids are rated by their education ability and then they're trying to balance classes, which is a lot harder in high school because you don't have that for every kid. You can't balance the class. You might get, you know, every grade, grade level two has a chemistry. Yeah. And you know that, but like some groups of kids just are harder. The way they behave with each other is just a different. And so if you just happen to get that year, it's just a bummer, but that happens, you know, even in elementary school. And that was news to me uh, because one of our assistant principals was on the podcast before, uh, Tracy Oleander, mm -hmm. had worked in elementary. In fact, that's how I know her. She was my daughter's third grade oh, teacher. Oh, okay. And so I was, I think, either on my way to administration or whatever, and she went to administration in her district. And I didn't have any idea that that's mm -hmm. really what happened. Mm -hmm. And then I think when my daughter got to a certain grade level, because the principal knew I knew Tracy and knew I was in education, mm -hmm. she goes, well is there a particular class you think she should be in? You kind of know the teachers. Mm -hmm. I went, wait, that's a possibility because you can't do that at Tory. We no. can't pick teachers at all. No. I got 500 individual no. sections. I got to, there's no balancing. Yeah. And I didn't know that people knew about that. And so when parents would come to me and say, well, this teacher's not fitting my kid's learning style. Yeah. I need a new teacher. I was like, why are they asking this? Yeah. We can't do this. And all of a sudden I figured out, I went, oh, that has yeah. been happening at other yeah. levels. We just can't do it at the high yeah. school. So no wonder they're confused. Right. And, and like as a teacher, if I'm a third grade teacher and I know so-and-so would be great with that, you know, we help place the kids. It's just a way more nurturing environment. It's, yeah. it's just the nature of the beast. But I, I think that parents don't realize that. I don't know that a lot of parents know about that anyways, but um, I think they don't realize like what a high school teacher has to do. Even mm -hmm. if they get a prep period, it does not matter. Even if they get summer vacation, that does not matter because Starting August 1st, you are not on summer vacation. You are thinking about what you're doing for the year. And 
I think people don't realize that. They think, like, oh, that's a cushy job. They took that job because they, they think it's easy. No. Try teaching one period and see how. Stand, stand in stand. front of 38, teen yes. 38 teenagers. Yes. And... That don't want to be there. A lot of them right. do not want to be right. here. They'd rather be surfing or hanging out with their friends. Like, they don't want to be there. They don't understand why they need to learn Spanish or whatever it is. Yeah. And let's be clear on the summer quote unquote vacation because it's summer unpaid leave. Yes. Uh, right. My uh, brother-in-law used to joke all the time. Say, oh, it must be nice. It's summer for you. I go, you mean where I don't get a paycheck in July? Exactly. And he goes, well, yeah. what do you mean? Or I teach summer school so I can yeah. survive. And the, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. I did that one summer. Yeah. 45 kids in English 11. Wow. Uh, and for four hours, it was Brutal. brutal i did it one summer i'm like i can't do this i'll i'll take the yeah. unpaid months yeah. just to take a break from 200 teenagers yeah. well in here we're lucky because we have air conditioning and we have mm -hmm. i mean i've worked at schools where there's zero air conditioning and there's no janitorial and the kids have to clean the room and the teacher has to do that and can you imagine 40 kids that are all sweating <laughs> yeah i worked in escondido in in the hotter months they would come in after lunch it was even no bueno. the AC pumping yeah it was not mm -hmm. not great so what do you appreciate about what the school is doing for your family and your kids right now? What's working in other words? Yeah, I would say, um, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities for connections. What kind of connections? What do you mean? Well, I first would say, um, I've been very impressed and maybe we've gotten lucky, but Olivia's teachers have been very good at connecting and she really likes them. Oh, Even, so the connection in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Number one. She, she will, even if a teacher is hard, she will really appreciate them in some way. I think that has been amazing. And sometimes she'll see teachers and they'll like, like this year she was struggling with her math class or whatever. And she saw her math teacher from before. And the teacher was like, how are you doing? I missed you or mm. whatever. And she, she said, oh, I'm this one thing, this one concept is really hard. The teacher's like, I'll send you a bunch of info on it. Cause I'm teaching that class too. I mean, that's going above and beyond. That's amazing. Yeah. And she's had teachers write comments on her report card, which you wouldn't expect, I guess, in high school. And mm -hmm. so I really appreciate that. She had a teacher call me before. Um, I really appreciate that. I think she really loves her teachers. And then you have a million activities you can be doing that also is a way for connecting. You know, there's sports, there's clubs, there's just different things she can go to and be a part of. And so I think um, that that's been awesome. Um, you know, you have an unending number of friends because there are a million kids here. Um, so that's 2,600, 2,600, not, not a, million. a million. Yeah. So she can go between different friend groups. Um, and then I just love the community. Like I love the parents and yeah. all my friends are here. So it's just the best. Um, and I feel like, of course, the academic rigor is top notch. And I feel like she's going to be prepared mm -hmm. for college. Um, yeah. yeah, we've got a, a, a lot of uh, kids who come back and say, you've actually made college too easy because it's <laughs> way harder here at Tory than I thought it was. Uh, you know, I, I thought that was what high school was like. And then I got to college and it was actually harder. So there's a good news, bad news yeah. there. I'm, I'm trying to find that balance of I like having the rigor high, but mm -hmm. I don't want college to seem easy. College mm -hmm. should be a challenge because mm -hmm. I think that stress that you talked about earlier with yeah. the, the rigor can make make the high school experience a little little too focused on academics and not as focused on athletics or mm -hmm. the activities or the other things going on and the um, going to a concert at mm -hmm. House of Blues and all the other things we do in high school mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily right. academic uh, related. Um, but then again, you know, I was. I was not the high achieving kid in high school, so that could be my own bias in here. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad we're finding some balance mm -hmm. here, Tori. Yeah. Anything else that's going well uh, here that we're doing? I'd love to hear the connection piece because yeah. that's been a big focus for our staff and they are really good at it. Yeah. So it's nice to hear. I that mean, she's landed. that kind of kid too, so yeah. that could be it. But she, I think that has been really good. I mean, she's had great relationships with her friends. I can't think of anything else that I would want. I mean, I think the hard thing for her has been, and I, I love that you send the message to parents like, hey, let your kid be a kid, let them do what they want to do. And now that we're in the full circle and she's done her applications for college, I think she did feel pressure from just her friends community in general, the rigor of, hey, I've got to do all these things mm -hmm. to get into college. And I don't think that that came from us because we kept saying, let's just don't do that. 
Like just, yeah. you can't balance all this. And I think she learned from not getting into a bunch of colleges that like, Hey, I worked really hard and probably should have gone to the house of blues more times and had more fun because it didn't pay off in the long run. Like I wish she would have just focused on her passion more instead of trying to think she's checking this, doing all these things. I think that's the lesson I would tell every parent that, that I talk to. I do. I, I mean, and now looking at my son, I'm like, I want you to do what you're passionate about and do not worry about what all these other people are doing. You need to pick what you like. Yeah. Um, I think, um, that, that, was hard for her that I would say, or, you know, it's just hard probably for every kid here. Yeah. I think, uh, it, it isn't always parent driven, um, in terms of getting into college. What I've, what surprised me when I got here to Tory was how much that is student driven. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, social media groups where mm -hmm. they're talking about this and calling each other out and making fun of each other and all of like the pressure they're, they're putting each other under yes. and the parents are like, well, I'm not pushing them into college. And then you find out later their friends have been doing mm -hmm. it. Like, you gotta be kidding me guys. Yeah. Let's dial this back a notch. Uh, so the, that social pressure can be intense. So I'm, I'm mm -hmm. glad she's finding a way to, to manage yeah. that. Yeah. I think we're get we're in a good spot now. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to try to, uh, dig in a little bit. So, what aren't we doing so uh -huh. well from your perspective and, and, and be straight. Cause yeah. we can't get any better if you don't know, we don't know. Cause I, I know I've got some things. I'll share some things that I found that I don't think we were doing very well, but I'm kind of curious what, what has been your experience? Uh, I think for me is always going to be related to social emotional. Okay. I have, obviously yeah. that's a passion of mine and I yeah. think it's really important because it matters no matter how smart you are or anything. But um, for me, the thing that I've noticed is like everyone's really focused on learning. And I, so I don't think there's a lot of dating happening, at least in her grade level. And I wonder sometimes because they're allowed to go off campus, like something I loved about high school and I had a big high school, huge, is you were in the quad at lunch. And so you have the time to interact with yeah. other students and have socializing. And I think she's missed some of that. And I don't know that it's anyone's fault necessarily here. And I know that you have an open campus and that's hard, but I think she's missed out on a lot of socializing. And then now that she's a senior, a lot of kids go in their car and eat, which I think is ridiculous because they're sitting with three people or two people. So she's not, she doesn't really know like, oh, who Joe Blow was what college are they going to or what are they doing or you know yeah. there's not a lot of opportunity for that socializing piece which i appreciated so much we had a closed campus in high school and you had to have a pass and so people a lot of times just stayed on campus plus we didn't have food right by our campus so i think that is a challenge for you guys but i wish that more kids would stay on campus at lunch and interact because if they don't do that then then you then you, that the only other time they're really getting a big group like that is at a party yeah and so if you don't want your kid to go to a party and they're not eating lunch here, then they're not really socializing. Yeah. It's been a challenge. Cause, uh, you know, as you know, I went to Tory and, um, it was, so when you say open campus, it's open for those of you who don't know, it's open for juniors and seniors at lunch. So you can go off campus and there is uh, a number of choices nearby. Mm -hmm. We do provide free lunch for everybody here, but, it's a, right. very much a rite of passage for juniors and seniors. Fortunately, not a single freshman or sophomore has ever gone on campus. Ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not true. Um, we always like in the spring when they've all figured it out, it's like, wow, it seems thin today. Must be busy at the Highlands. Yeah. Um, but right after I graduated, they, tr they shut it down. They went to a closed campus for a while, and mm -hmm. then the community came back and said, no. so they had to open it back yeah. up, and it's been that way. I, I agree with you. We've been trying to work with you know, ASB on increasing, uh, lunchtime activities, mm -hmm. it's starting to get a little bit, little bit better. And it's interesting. We had a, um, a student hit me on parking recently mm -hmm. and sent a very pointed email. So I said, Hey, let's meet. Mm -hmm. So we actually met and he asked students what was kind of the same question. What's not working about parking and what is working about mm -hmm. parking. And the kids said, one of the things they appreciate about parking is what you just said. They go and they have lunch and they can socialize in the parking lot has become a place for them to hang out. Yeah. That's still at least here on campus, somewhat yeah. monitored, not as bad as driving all over the this place to get lunch. Yeah. So there, there's a, I'm glad to hear that some seniors are doing that too and not necessarily racing out of here. Yeah. They just eat in their cars yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Any other bumps in the road you've, you've had and I don't know, in terms of communication or filling out paperwork or just, I don't know, what are, what are the things is our system not 
not doing right. I think the paperwork seems a lot easier than it was when we first started. I think yeah. it's gotten even better. Okay. I would say the only other thing from that I would um, like is like, it would be nice if the teachers once a year sent you a letter maybe, mm. or, you know, um, communicated something which could have stuff about like, Hey, you support the foundation. We're doing this, whatever. Something would be nice. Like just, I think that would really ameliorate like an update about your student or just an update no, about, about the class. class yeah. Or, I okay. mean, you know, like in middle school, we had, my son has a PE teacher. He sends something once a month. It's a short, literally two minute video. And it's like, we're working on this and blah, blah, blah. Mm. I don't watch it every time, but still it's just nice connection that, I think that I know teachers work really hard and so I don't want them to be mad at me, but I think <laughs> that would probably ameliorate also a lot of people that have a high anxiety about what's going on in the classroom and maybe are a little bit trickier parents if they, it would be a signal like, oh, this teacher cares. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know they care, but I think it's a, something that would be a great thing. I'm with you on that one. I, I it, it is tricky uh, to carve out the time, but that is one of the benefits of back to school mm -hmm. night. And I know parents like it. So yeah, mm -hmm. if you can recreate that experience at other times during the year, because mm -hmm. we do want to know, we're genuinely curious. Remember what our experience was like. Yeah. We have a romanticized version of high school mm -hmm. or we have a very negative <clears throat> version of it. Cause for whatever reason we didn't like it. And I have this sort of mixed, um, cause I did well in some classes and terrible in mm -hmm. others. Um, so yeah, a way to bring the parent into the classroom without actually physically bringing them in would, I think, uh, mitigate some stress significantly. That's a, that's a good idea. And, you know, once you've made a newsletter, it can be used the next year pretty closely. You mm -hmm. know, as an elementary school teacher, I have a newsletter, I'd just be like, oh, where's February? And then I'd pull it up and be like, oh, I'm, I'm almost teaching close. Yeah. It not, might not be exact, but, and it can be like, here's the things I need for my class too, which is a great way to build connections. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a great idea. So I want to get into another area that we've been hitting a lot on the podcast because it keeps coming up. So how have you navigated the social media world oh. uh, with your kids? And I mean, we're looking at a potential ban on TikTok and mm -hmm. um, all that sort of thing, which will not help because it'll just become something else. Because um, mm -hmm. TikTok used to be called, oh, what Don't was Don't ask it? me. There was that... <laughs> my daughter was so telling me that day she's going to be mad at me for not remembering what it was called. Oh, I can't. There was another video version that was uh -huh. similar, that, but TikTok's just done better. But anyway, what's your what's been your experience? Any tips, tricks, or insights on how your kids have navigated this whole social media? Yeah, I um, I would say well, number one, we're pretty we're stricter probably than most parents. So, mm. like our kids never had iPads or anything is when they were little. Like we we go to dinner, there's no yeah phones or iPads. Like we talk a lot. So I'm probably a dork, people would say. <laughs> but um, like my son's in eighth grade. He doesn't have Instagram. And he's like, when am I getting Instagram? I'm like, when you graduate from eighth grade. Well, now I'm in ASB. How am I going to know what's going on in ASB? I'm like, there's a month. I think we're going to probably make it in the month. But maybe that will be a conversation we have. It's a tool, yeah. too. Um, but as soon as they're in high school, I'm pretty – we're like, you know, you can do what you want. I I – we don't have a lot of issues with that. We, I think at the start there were some posts that we were like, um, no. And then those never happen yeah. anymore. But, um, I think TikTok, I, from my personal opinion is, is a problem because it's such a time suck. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know, so our youngest doesn't have it. Our oldest is going to high school, college. So I mean, she yeah, does what she wants. Yeah. And that kind of happened while we were in high school, like TikTok, TikTok really yeah. became popular then. So, um, we're, we, if something happened, we, we would be very tight on it. Yeah. Um, I just joined Snapchat. So fun. So <laughs> I recommend that one. No, um, yeah. I, mean, I do not. So we disagree there. <laughs> <laughs> Snapchat is the it's bane the worst. of my existence. Yeah. I can see how that could be, but I yeah. was like, I want to know what this is. I want to understand it because, yeah. you know, um, and like a lot of times my kid, my old, my oldest is she's looking at fashion and whatever, but my youngest is like looking at history and mm -hmm. he's like, Oh, and basketball scores and videos about basketball. So it's like, seems pretty okay, but it is terrifying. Yeah. Like thinking <laughs> they close their door and you don't know what is happening because you can pretty much watch anything you want. Did um, you ever do the thing where they, the phone charges in our, our bedroom at night and you go to your room? We have you never had a problem with that. Do it? Yeah. Okay. They're like good sleepers. They want to yeah. go to bed and that's okay. not really been a problem. But yes, if it was, yeah, it would, 
a, that would be a thing. We do have like all our monitors on our phone, the things like parent screens and oh, all good. that. Okay. So yeah, we have yeah. all that. Um, but have you ever had to search through them and go through that that sort of thing? Not or? yet. It terrifies yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, I think luckily, knock on wood and cross my fingers, but yeah, we haven't had um, many problems. And we do talk very openly about that. Like even yeah. I am I'm, I'm have to renew my license for counseling and I just took a class all about social media and all that. So then that's what we talk about. I'm yeah. like, you know, do you know that if you repost a picture of someone that doesn't have their clothes on, that you will – that's you'll have that on your record forever not mm -hmm. until you're 18 forever like so we have these talks a lot um which i think is important to for them to understand like i think parents don't know what's how could they how could we they didn't know? grow up with this yeah. stuff yeah. and i mean i i want to say lucky enough but i guess i've been lucky enough because i got to see everything you know uh, over the years 25 years doing this you watch the evolution and yeah. I, i'll never forget I was not uh, that I'm really that good at predicting things, but the mm -hmm. one thing I predicted, I was, I was still teaching and I was teaching video production and smartphones were just starting. It's just when we still had an eye touch oh, yeah, and yeah. that sort of thing. And they had internet on a phone for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to the administration saying like, we've got to be prepared. Kids are going to be watching shows on their phone at graduation mm -hmm. in a few years. And they said, what are you talking about? I'm like, Guys, it's happening already. Streaming is coming. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's exploded and mm -hmm. trying to compete with it's insane. It's uh, absolutely yeah. insane. It's, and that's another problem for teachers. I mean, yeah. that's a challenge. Yeah. Like you're competing with Mr. Beast or whoever is on these YouTube or whatever <laughs> that are amazing and really entertaining. Mr. Beast? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Whatever. It's a good name if yeah. somebody hasn't used it. There is Mr. Yeah. It's so, copyrighted by this podcast. <laughs> no, by there the is way, a Mr. Beast. Beast. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, I think that's a huge challenge. And I mean, I know lots of our friends and we do too. You have limits for time and that yeah. helps just because you have other things you can do. Like I always say, if you use all the time that you're using for this to get even better at electric guitar, like imagine mm -hmm. what you could be doing, you know, but it's the same for me. I mean, I get guilty of it too. You know, yeah. you get on and you're like, Oh, this is so interesting. And Instagram, I can learn about how I can travel to Greece. I mean, yeah, I could be doing other things with my time, but yeah, I had a, uh, a friend of mine's granddaughter um, It was struggling at school and we were talking about it and he was like, man, I, I wish we could kind of put the toothpaste back in the tube mm -hmm. and not invent the internet. I said, well, you know what? I don't know that it's the internet yeah. because the it'd be like canceling a library. Mm -hmm. The library is not handing you anything. You have to go find it. Same right. thing with the internet. Yeah. The difference is the algorithm. Mm -hmm. If you walked into a library and said, I'm interested in cars and then some you know, three people walk up to you with specific books on cars and then you pick one and that leads to six more. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Right. Uh, those algorithms are what's really throwing this whole thing off because it's adding value that we didn't add to it right. other than, well, that looked mildly interesting right. versus the old days of walking into a library and trying to figure out what you, you were guiding it. Yes. Now yeah. it's guiding you. And then there's ads for things that mm -hmm. they know you like. And yeah, I, I think, anyone that's getting their kid a phone needs to be having a lot of conversations with their kids before that phone happens because you have to. I mean, I know I have friends, they don't live in California, but they've had problems in middle school. And then it's like a huge thing. I mean, yeah. so much can go so quickly on a phone. And I think that's really important that those conversations are constantly happening. But then there are people, there are going to be people that kids just, just don't, aren't going to listen. I mean, that's, I don't know how you deal with that. That's your job. That's my job. <laughs> and now Thanks that I'm that. not a counselor right now, it's not my job, but maybe soon. <laughs> but since you are planning to go back into education, if you could ma wave a magic wand right now, what about now that you've seen it from a parent perspective, mm -hmm. you were in education, you're a parent, then you're going back to it. You could wave a magic wand. Money's no object. What would you change about our system? Because I'm having this conversation with my team right now. Like mm -hmm. we've been doing the same thing for 200 years. Yeah. And our students are so vastly different mm -hmm. than we were when mm -hmm. we went to school. This, and that we're wondering why their behavior issues. It's because we've caged them in, in a room for a hundred yes. minutes and they're not prepared to yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause with all that stimuli. So if you could wave a magic wand, change education, Yikes. any, anything come to mind that you'd want to do? Well, I, I, um, when I was a teacher, I didn't care if kids sat in desks and they 
had their chairs flipped over and they, as long as you're working hard and you're reaching your potential. So I think that is something like flexible seating and, mm-hmm. and being flexible in how you approach kids and which I do think a lot of teachers do. They, they try to use engaging ways of captivating kids because they're different than when we were in school. And even when we were in school, those teachers probably could have been doing more engaging, you know, things. Yeah. I think that, but for me, like, especially in high school, smaller, needs to be smaller class size, not necessarily mm, smaller okay. in the number of total kids, but class sizes should not be that big. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. We, if we had unlimited money, that would definitely be, I think you need way more counseling, way more social emotional support. Yeah. And, and because I think people think like counselors only help with just problems, but like a school counselor should be doing things for most of the kids at school all, all the time. Like that's, that's what the national standards for school counseling. And I, so I think there's no way you can do it when you don't have enough counseling, they could be getting to their job. could be connecting more connecting. And I think that's how you catch kids that need that extra support. So I would be total proponent. We need more counseling. And then the last thing would be, um, I feel like the other thing we do is we have like elementary and then we have middle school and then we have high school and like in elementary, you're very nurturing, which is great. I'm not saying to change that, but then it's like you pass them on to middle school and there's like no conversation between the elementary school and the middle school. And even in Poway where I worked, that's the same district. Yeah. And even there, the conversation, it's like there, you you could just take the, the baton that we're giving you from elementary school and go with it. If you had more conversations and had more time and money to have a conversation like, Hey, this is this group of students. This is, these are some kids that I'm really concerned about. And also here's what programs we have been doing socially, emotionally. And now I think, keep going. Like we could be building on each other, working smarter instead of harder, trying to just plug holes. I wish that we did that more. Like the middle school knows, would know. There's no reason they can't know about what's happening with the kids that are coming to their grade. And there's no reason why you can't know who you're going to get as a freshman class in a more specific way so that you're ready. If you had the ability to actually meet all those needs that, you know, you're doing the best you can, but that I think the more support staff. And I loved, like, I think it was a couple years ago where you had Brenda. Mm-hmm. Is it Brenda? Brenda yeah. Robinette, yeah. I, 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 you need more of those. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We were able to cobble something together with uh, another staff member, Gwen Butler, who's going to be on a episode of the podcast as well. But, um, her title is effectively intervention coordinator, yes. a full-time intervention Huge. coordinator, which I think is, is massive to have somebody. And one isn't enough for a school of the size. Like you need more Agreed. and you need more counseling and you need more, you know, I, I just think that's something I really appreciate about being in an um, elementary school. It's like, I knew all the kids and yeah. even with 800 kids, I mean, you have lunch. So the kids were at lunch and I, I, by the end of their time there, I would, could go around and be like, I know that kid, that kid, that kid, that kid. That. And I, I just hope I wish that for everyone to be able to have that. I mean, counselors should be able to have that. And I know that's impossible with this number of kids. And, well, and you said it earlier, that's part of what made high school work for your daughter is that, uh, that connection with the teachers. Mm-hmm. So if you could spider web that out between the counselors Huge. and other staff yeah. members and an intervention coordinator for when that class isn't going mm-hmm. so well, uh, to, uh, to help navigate that a little bit, that'd be. And well, and even massive. like I do challenge days for one week and like, I don't really participate in the program, but just seeing the kids come in the morning and they come at lunch and they're talking to me, then I see them. Like sometimes I'll see them at Trader Joe's or whatever. And I'm like, hey. And they're like, oh my gosh, hi. <laughs> yeah. And just knowing that there's someone that cares about you in your community is hu- huge. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I would wish that. I think that's a huge problem in the education system. That's a great point. So now that you've had the four years, um, we can look back a little bit. I've got a group of 600 freshmen coming mm-hmm. in next year. Any insights, tips you'd want to share with any of those parents as they're going to yeah. nervously get their kid ready this summer? I think it's having conversations about difficult, like picking some difficult situations. They may, they, their parents may be imagining that these may happen, but you can't over prepare. So, you know, I think bringing up some of these things like, hey, what would happen if you're after a football game, your friend took you, you guys went to a party. What are you going to do? How are you going to, you know, like, I think having those conversations will make you feel as a parent better, but also help your kid. And then I think, hey, you're taking a class and you get a C. <clears throat> like in our family, what what do we, you know, and you're trying your hardest or you're not trying your hardest. What, what are you going to do? How could you talk to a teacher? Like teaching your kid how to be assertive and go to a teacher and say, hey, 
I'm really trying hard. I'm struggling. Like what else could I be doing? Or, hey, I'm not trying that hard, but I need help anyways. I think those are things – like those little conversations you can have over the summer are really important. And then I think the third thing would be like we don't want to be smother parents, but I think you really need to monitor like how – who your kids are interacting with and how they interact and and talk with them about those things. Like, hey, I noticed this person. I've seen them bully some – say some things that aren't so nice. Or they might even say to you, hey, that person's – picking on someone or doing this and start talking about those things. Like what can you say when your friend is not nice to someone or what can you do if you are at a football game and Mr. Copa is getting upset because people are acting like lunatics and not acting like how a socially acceptable behavior, like how could you help that situation? I mean, these are conversations you can have and when you're driving in two minutes, but I think that's important. And then the last thing I might've already said in third and last, but I'm adding another one. I'll is, allow it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is, um, I think helping them have empathy for teachers and staff mm -hmm. like, hey, you may not like your teacher or you may be mad or you may be – they may be hard. How can you um, help your teacher? Like what can you – you're a part of this thing. It's not the teacher doing something to you. It's not your teacher parlaying information just – and you're supposed to get it. Like you're an equal participator in this. So like how can you work with that in that class? And you're going to have a boss you don't like. I promise someday for sure. Or you're going to work with someone that you have to be in a group with and you don't like. And so those are important lessons to, to start talking about with them and preparing them for high school. I mean, it's a big place, which I am not, I think it's great because you're going to go and the world's big is how do you get the help you need? Like, what can you do? Where's the counseling office? Well, who could you get help from if you need help? I, I think is the key thing to start talking about with your kids and to not be scared. It's, it's exciting. It's stuff that you would, it's like brushing your teeth or anything you've taught them when they're in elementary school. Those are fantastic insights. I really, really appreciate you mm -hmm. sharing those because I've got a group of parents that I that are coming in and I know they're nervous. Mm -hmm. I, I certainly was. So, Tracy, thanks again You're for welcome. the time today yeah. and, and sharing your experience as a parent. Mm -hmm. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> That's all for today's episode. I want to thank Tracy for joining me today, and I want to thank you for listening. If you found our conversation thought-provoking and want to know more, check out our Instagram, at Best for Kids Podcast, where you'll find resources and guest photos. To keep this conversation going, please rate and subscribe in whatever app you use for podcasts. But more importantly, I hope you stay curious and keep asking, what's best for kids? <laughs>